HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode of Agave Road Trip is brought to you by Mezcal Ultramundo. Ultramundo is a Mezcal brand owned by a family without any real historic connections to Mezcal heritage. Instead, their connection is to nature. They own a 24,000-acre ranch that has been used to graze cattle. It's a beautiful wild place. Everywhere you turn, it's a sea of quiotes. Fresh quiotes, old quiotes, fallen quiotes, just sprouting quiotes. And specifically from Miguel Lamparillo, variety that takes something like 15 to 18 years to reach maturity. Now, there's a lot to talk about with this brand, but I'm reluctant to do that because whatever I say will divert your attention from what I believe is the truly important story, those 24,000 acres of wild agave. You know, we spend a lot of time in this industry talking about sustainability, but the truth is any spirit being shipped out of the community in which it's made isn't truly sustainable. The fossil fuels needed to make the glass bottles and to physically ship them aren't sustainable. So no brand of spirit you're drinking is truly sustainable. I tend to instead look for practices that move us as an industry, move us as a species closer to sustainability. And Ultramundo's harvesting practices are a great example of exactly that. The experts who visited their ranch have suggested that so long as they limit their annual harvest to no more than 80% of what reaches maturity, they'll have a self-sustaining supply of this long-growth agave. Every time I return to Oaxaca, more and more of it is monoculture espadine. Row after row after row of these farmed agave are replacing wildlands where so many diverse plants once thrived alongside so many diverse insects, animals, and bacteria. And I get it. I understand why that happens. And I'm not suggesting we should all stop drinking Oaxacan espadine, but I am saying we need to see more projects like Ultramundo, projects that preserve the biodiversity of our planet. Ultramundo is available now in the USA, everywhere via mail order for consumers, and at wholesale in California for bars, restaurants, and liquor stores. If you believe in preserving wildlands and believe in preserving biodiversity, but still want to drink delicious mezcal, please give Ultramundo a try. Learn more at ultramundo.mx. That's U-L-T-R-A-M-U-N-D-O dot M-X. So much of what we do creates a carbon wake that is, given the structure of our modern world, nearly unavoidable. 
but we can minimize that wake by making diverse choices. Bank. I am Chaw Pettywan. This is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning, critically acclaimed podcast that helps Green Geeks bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. Yes, and today we're going to talk about something that uh, before we started, I-, I told you that I really wanted to have a solid answer, a solid position about this. Yeah, but... that just that's no, yeah. <laughs> that's just no. I know, but it's... hard no. Okay, so... I like I like the idea of doing no research. This is really this is well, this is probably why I dropped out of college so young. Um, just like jumping in and talking it through, and it's okay to make mistakes on air, and then we can correct them later. Yeah, sort of, kind of. My mother will disagree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, and that's why she doesn't listen to the show. Exactly. So we got uh, we got a uh, an email from one of our many dedicated listeners, thousands and- in the thousands. Tens of thousands. (laughs) Um, Andrew Ball, who who wanted to have our thoughts on bottling mezcal in Mexico. Does that save jobs? Right? Uh, Which also, I think, you know, it's it's worth extending that that question to, does bottling tequila in Mexico save jobs? Because right now, all mixto tequila can be bottled in that USFA. Correct. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Like so, with tequila, it can be certified tequila, and still bottled in the USA or anywhere else in the world, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so long as it's not labeled a hundred percent agave. So as sure. long as it's not the true thing. Well, <laughs> you kidding, say true thing, but okay, we're not going to even get yeah, into no, that. No. Um, uh, uh, but mixto. It, uh, well, but there's no such thing as mixto. But if it's just labeled tequila, well, yeah, yeah, then uh, then yeah, it can be bottled anywhere. And mezcal, not that is not the case, right? You, like that has to be bottled in Mexico, 100 uh, percent agave tequila has to be bottled in Mexico. And it's really interesting, right? Because he he also sent us some documents from mm. NAFTA, and back in 2004, and signed uh, into uh, in into regulation. I don't think it's law. In 2006, the agreement uh, between the two countries said that, uh, that in fact, yeah, you can bottle all tequila in the USA. But it just didn't went into... I think we, we've heard a few stories about this. That happened, and then at the very, very, very end... They said no. They still well, it, it was signed, though. I see the signed document online. Yeah. You know, at some point, clearly, it got clawed back, Yeah. right? So, okay, so the reality is, uh, it, at some point, yeah, you could bottle all tequila in the USA. Now you can only bottle stuff that's not labeled 100% agave. And, uh, you know, and I think the question is, is that a problem? Is now, it wait, damaging? Wait, wait. There's a part that you're also missing in this discussion, that now with the prominence or emergence of agave spirits, so things are neither mezcal or tequila, Yeah, that can be 100% bottled in the US of A. Yeah, 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 of course. So and of that, course. That I think most of the commentaries, most of the questions, more of the ethical implications about this that I've heard of, it's either in the tequila side or in the agave spirit side. And the agave spirit side is by far the most sensitive because supposedly a bunch of the people bottling that are very conscious of the heritage. They respect uh, the the places where these things come from. Supposedly the agave spirits crowd is the cool kids in, in this discussion, right? 
Well, I, I, I'm not sure what you even mean by that. Well, Are you like it's certainly not cultural heritage that they bottle it there. If what you're saying is that in essence bottling it there ensures that it really is what the label says it is, you and I both know, and we're not gonna go too <laughs> deep into this, but we both know that there are people on either side of the border who will make things up for the sake of marketing. Yeah, well, uh, I, I was trying to say a different thing. I'm just oh. saying that the usually the guys that we know or the brands that we know that are doing agave spirits are they tend to be very careful on uh, on choosing things that are maybe not compliant with the DO, but that are very compliant to the interests of a community. I, I'm yeah, not that's even, a, that's okay, a so generalization. Just, yeah, yeah. Let's maybe, just assume yeah. that you're right. What's your point? <laughs> well, my point is that that makes them a bigger offender because they're just not trying to sell booze. And this, well, the possible bigger offender in this discussion, because, okay, so let's jump right into the discussion. So the discussion <laughs> I we already had. Yeah, well, so sort of, kind of. <laughs> well, what, what you're trying to suggest, I mean, the, the controversy here is if I bottle in the United States, Am I stealing jobs from Mexicans? Well, I think that is the thing that I hear most frequently. And, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt that you are. But yeah. I'm also not certain that, A, it's, well, I mean, look, if I'm somebody who's earning my money doing that bottling and that money disappears, it's significant to me, mm -hmm. right? But when I think about when I think about bottling, like it's, it's, it's interesting. The only argument I heard, um, the only, the only evidence I heard from anybody in all these conversations that supported that idea that, that people in Mexico will literally lose money that they are currently earning, uh, by bottling. The only argument I heard was from our friend Dalton at McGame Latte. And he pays them his bottling, like that guy pays his people well. He took them to freaking Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> he took his whole bottling team to Cancun. Have you? I told that to my parents, and they laughed and laughed and laughed. I was like, "Are you laughing because do you think it's cool?" Because it's like this kid is insane. <laughs> like, well, you know what? He's not insane. He's 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 a good guy who's Absolutely. trying to yeah. take care yeah, of people yeah. who are yeah. treating him well, right? Uh, and, and that's his point. And yeah. I, I and I even spent some time the other day. We stayed in Sokitlan at the at the family's house. Like he employs just a family. It's a full family he employs. And we stayed at their house, and they were you know thrilled to have us there. And they were not the nicest people. They helped us so much with so many things that they didn't need to. Yeah. And yeah, he always says that. Like uh, I pay them well because they 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 made my life better in so many ways right which is great yeah but now the other side to this and this is this is the piece that uh, two things like the 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 big piece that i just want to get off the table is if you're talking about tequila it's not jobs because tequila it's machines it's machines that's right and you know obviously somebody has to run the machines but you're talking about one or two people for hundreds of thousands of bottles, whether it's on this side of the border or that side of the well, border. Well, let me so push let back a little bit on that. Sure. Because, yeah, it's machines, but there's a bunch of technicians that have to be involved in maintaining them. Oh, really? Maybe How many technicians, Java? Well, maybe like three to five to ten, but these people are making good money. Yeah, I, like I, they, they, I, this... I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's... Yeah, I know it's not a hundred people that are getting paid, 
but the future I would, even, are... I would even doubt that it's three to five to ten. I think it's maximum three. All right. Well, but hey, you know what? Next time we're down in the... yeah, yeah, we're gonna ask how many people yeah. they use to do and for how bottling. Often. Yeah, yeah, it's like Laverne and Shirley or something. Hey, you won't understand yeah, that reference. No idea, yeah. Anyway, um, so let's get that piece off the table. The other piece that I want to talk about is, um, you know, I, I had a conversation yesterday with the folks from Eco Spirits, and we'll do a whole another episode just on what they're doing because I find it fascinating. Yeah, they're really cool kids. Um, yeah. But this is a program that has started to ship these five-gallon containers of spirits all around the world, right? Ship five-gallon containers um, of of spirits in bulk so that bars can then refill the bottles so that you're reducing the number of bottles that you're making and the number of bottles that you're wasting, and you're reducing the carbon footprint of shipping that. And you know, for me, what that says is, A, you know, you are reducing that carbon footprint right now. But B, when I think about jobs, mm. I, I like I, I tend to not think about a job right now. And that's a luxury. I get that. Right. Like not a job right now, but rather what's the job going to be in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. And if we burn through our planet's resources because we want to make sure that somebody has a job today bottling in Mexico and we expand our carbon footprint by, I don't know, fivefold, tenfold, because we're shipping bottles instead of bulk. Like I, I, so, so what do you think of that Java? Well, uh, this, this is, you know, like, this is why when you talk about uh, these complex problems that involve uh, all, all these elements, it's always a case-by-case case scenario. You know, like... It's there's a, there's a, no one way. Right there's not one way to do that. Yeah. And, and you have to have the... To make all the proper calculations to see, like, okay, is me giving a little bit more money to a few more people actually implying that... I'm I'm having an obscene impact on the environment in right. in the medium to to short term actually, and because right now and I, I think this is this is the first year where I think a lot of the world for the first time had a tangible, <laughs> physical experience of of climate change. I think I think if you like if you didn't they recognize <laughs> that they had it, I'll, well, I'll, yeah, I'll they, agree they, with they, that. They suffered yeah. the hell out of it. Yeah. So uh, it's. It's it's also that this narrative of the the jobs narrative it's uh, it's a bizarre one, right? Because right. it's, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this, but there's a bunch of Mexicans in the United States, and what? Well, no, <laughs> well, no. But what I'm saying is like you know the the fact that it's being bottled in the U.S. Doesn't oh, mean I see it. what you're saying. You know, it's a, it's, yeah, like, it's a good point. There are people here who need jobs, some of whom are actually Mexican. A bunch of who, who they're actually Mexican. So, okay, so if that... And a bunch of whom, uh, you know, are Mexican-Americans, and a bunch of whom... Uh, God, I hate saying Mexican-Americans, because then what, what do I say, European-Americans? Like, there are people here who need jobs, too. So, yeah, and I, I always push back against these nationalistic statements. Yeah. Like... Uh, like every not because you're in the US or in Mexico or in Argentina or in Taiwan, it you don't need a job. All of us need a job. <laughs> and again, like what I'm gonna say is probably a terrible statement, but bear with me for a second. I like terrible uh, statements. I've been known to make them. But the money that you're gonna be making in Mexico for bottling versus the money that you potentially will be making in the US for bottling, yeah, it's significantly 
better up here. So if you want to get more dollars per bottle to mm-hmm. people, if you want to, it's it's honestly, it's like how how much money can I give back to people, right? That right. are bottling. It's not how many jobs. Right. It's uh, I, am I doing a well-paid job or am I doing a terribly paid job? Right. Because terribly paid jobs are not cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can you, you can create ten million jobs that are terribly paid, and that's actually a problem. So if yeah, if, if you move the bottling to the U.S., you might have better paid jobs for the same action, and in the end, that's more wealth, more value to these people. Right. Without the the same, I mean, you obviously still have a carbon footprint from this, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be as big. But then you're also taking money away. From the people who are um, uh, who are doing the shipping and the people that they purchase the fuel from in order to move the trucks and the planes and the and the boats, um, which comes back to the idea that there is no there is no simple answer to this. But I will say I will say Java, um, as you are aware, uh, Sacred is going to be like last year we did the mm. machetes, right? This year we're releasing uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah thirty two like bottles of of uh, puntas, yes. right? That uh, I got, that I got. I was able to allocate. I sourced them. I sourced them. <laughs> You're so proud I, of yourself. I, I, and then you screwed up the name <laughs> on the bottles, but that's okay. What? I, did I? Yeah, you did. That's oh, another Lord. story. Oh, yeah. um, but anyway, the, the point is that we had a um, we had a, a, a pallet land here last month. Earlier this? No. Yeah, last month. Um, and and uh, And then I had to go and bottle everything myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've experienced the bottling. And I got to say, like, if, A, it was not as easy as I thought because you're trying not. to get exact, you know, when you're doing something that's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. bottling for yourself, you got to be exact with uh, with how much is in the bottle. And then getting it out of those containers was so not Jesus. easy. All of which is to say I kind of have been dismissive about the job and that, oh, it's a, you know, a simple job. Anybody can do it. Uh, and, and it's true, but it's not like it's, there's a difference between simple and easy. It's very simple. It's not always easy. And actually to not waste stuff. I don't yeah, know yeah. how much you lost in the process, but I assure it, you, without drinking any, I yeah, want, yeah, I, yeah. there was a like. The, it's funny. This was being done in a distillery, and but everybody kept walking by that was actually working in the distillery, being paid to work in the distillery, and they were like, "Man, that smells strong." Like we're in a <laughs> distillery, and you can still smell. I must be spilling the hell out of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I've, I've been also like bottling stuff in my house <laughs> because I, you know, I, that's I, I, why I, you have cement floors. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think sometimes my my neighbors are a little bit concerned about the smells that come out of my of my property. But <laughs> <laughs> let's ju- let's just stop that line of 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 conversation right there. Well, yeah, thanks. Yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, like so, I f- you know I I think that for certain projects, it's amazing that they're bottling in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like I think Maguey Melate, what what I experienced with their employees and what I just saw there, it's it's amazing. It's something that rarely happens. But I think from a lot of medium and larger operations, if you, as you're saying, you want to take the wealth that uh, that transportation generates out of the big oil producers, the big logistics companies, and bring it to specific individuals, humans, in other words. Yep. Uh, I think it does make the balance, is a, at least to my eyes right now, a little bit better if you ship bulk, you don't use that much. You, even, even the labels, 
Yeah. Like all that paper, all that ink. Yeah. You know, like all of that. That's a lot. All those corks. Yeah. That's a lot of impact on the environment. Ship bulk, bottle where you are in the US, in, in Taiwan, in Argentina again. Like you do all of that locally and that money goes to, to people that, that are doing that job there. You know, and, and my conclusion is, hey, whatever you're doing, so long as you're mindful of what you're doing, right? Like, uh, I, I, well, like, I, like sometimes, I mean, I, you can be mindful, but you can be wrong or don't have enough, I, I, uh, I enough information I, at hand. But my point is, it doesn't matter whether you're bottling in, in uh, my conclusion is, whether it doesn't matter whether you're bottling in Mexico or in the USA or in Japan or in Germany, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, something is going to be wrong about it and something is going to be right about it. And I don't, I'm not suggesting then that it doesn't matter what you do. I think it does. And I think you should be mindful of it. And where you can, you know, as I say, you're going to be doing good on one hand in one place and bad on the other hand in the other place regardless. So just be mindful of the bad and wherever you can try to reduce the bad and maybe support it with something else. Yeah. And again, like maybe I've said this a few times, but Anytime that I hear a nationalistic claim, give this into this group of people that share some papers that were born within these borders, I just think that's just a wrong, wrong. Or Mexico, Mexico. By this, I'm not trying to 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 mock any country. Nor, nor I that, know. I, 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 I think I it's you. like such an easy trap because mm-hmm. you look good without a lot of effort. Yeah. But in the end, you're not you're not getting much done. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, if if we continue to look at ourselves as tribes instead of one big family. We're so doomed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. The doom and gloom episode of Agave Road. Tri- I guess those would actually be the Dan Saladino episodes, right? Uh, hey, we, we, we can be pessimistic every once in a while. Anyway, Senor Lu. Hasta pronto, soon. Java. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the Food 
world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.